The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world that can be challenging, and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level, so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. Welcome to Igniting the Spark. We are taking the spark and we are igniting it in this new show. So thrilled to have you here with me today. I hope that you are doing well, all is well in your world and within your heart. You know, today I want to talk with you about mental health because we all need to work on our mental health. Lord knows we're living in really challenging times right now. And so we're needing to really focus on this area of our lives and our well-being. This Wednesday, I'm giving a talk at the Rotary Club. I'm giving a presentation because their focus this year is on mental health. And the question that they're saying is a focus is when they address one another to not just say, how are you, but to follow it up with, how are you really? What an interesting set of questions, because of course, when people say, how are you? Usually our first response is to say, good, fine. But to then follow that up with, how are you really? Wow. What an important question that dives a little bit deeper into our well-being. So in thinking about talking to Rotary, what was coming to mind this week is really talking about, number one, that our mental health is literally on a continuum. People think there's the well and the mentally ill, but there's no us and them. 
we really all have the ability to go up and down that continuum of well-being and mental health, depending on what's going on in our lives, depending on how many stressors we have, and depending on our physical health as well. We know that physical health affects very strongly our mental health. So there are things that can happen that really do affect our sense of well-being. I think it's important too to note all of us are hardwired in a certain way and that we all have what's called a natural negativity bias in our brain. Now, because we're hardwired with these primitive caveman brains, there's a part of our brain that some people call the reptilian brain. We have this part of our brain that really is that fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain. And that part of our brain is really to help perpetuate the species. It's what's helped kept us alive. So thank goodness for that. And there's a part of it that actually has been a bit of a detriment. And that's this natural negativity bias where our brain is constantly scanning the environment for the sign of a threat. You know, back in caveman days, that was fantastic because if a saber-toothed tiger came around the corner, we could either fight it off, we could run, get away from it, or if we froze, we'd be lunch. So hopefully we didn't have the third option and our brain was hardwired to really help us to deal with challenges like that, to deal with life or death threats. And what would happen is all the adrenaline and cortisol would be shunted down into our muscles, into our body, so we could fight or run. That's what helped save us. Unfortunately, now what becomes the saber-toothed tiger is the person that cuts us off in traffic, or if our spouse is being grouchy, or the person is rude to us at the counter at a grocery store. Those things aren't life or death situation, but our brain, this natural negativity bias that's always scanning the environment for a threat, that's what gets triggered. And when that gets triggered, we can really find ourselves getting into stressful or anxious situations over and over again. So it's important to understand this natural negativity bias and that we can do something about it that we aren't just left to that primitive brain. I like to think about stress as anxiety like a wave. When something happens to us during the day, let's say that we have a negative encounter with someone at a grocery store. Now our brain starts signaling off that this person is a threat and we might feel that adrenaline start coursing through our veins. We might start feeling angry or anxious the wave of that, we can start to feel that coming over our bodies. And as we feel that coming, you might feel, if you notice how your body responds to anxiety or stress, your heart rate might start to go up. You might notice that your throat gets tight or maybe even your palms start to sweat. When that happens, you can do something to help that wave go back out. You can do something like a simple breath technique, which is four square breathing that will help you to tell that primitive brain, it's okay. Everything's all right. And four square breathing is really simple. What you do is you breathe in to the count of four and you want to breathe in through your nose, just taking that nice breath in and then holding for the count of four. 
and then breathing out for the count of four and then holding for the count of four. And you can do that a few times. And what happens is that starts to enact our parasympathetic nervous system. And what that does is that's our self-soothing part of our brain. That's our system that comes in and really helps us to relax and know that everything is truly okay. The thing we don't want to ignore is when those stress signals start going off. If we just ignore it and ignore how we're feeling, then that stress just builds up higher and higher and higher. Then that wave can wash over us. And then we're really feeling either overwhelmed or we're feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. And it takes a lot longer for us to do something to help ourselves return back to baseline. Think of it like this. Negative experiences are like Velcro in the brain. Our brain thinks we need to remember these things so that we don't get hurt. Think of it as when you touch that hot stove at five years old, you only had to touch it once and your brain filed that. Like, I never need to do that again. Hello, don't touch the hot stove. And there also is the part of our brain that doesn't really, I mean, that part of our brain, actually, it doesn't hold on to positive experiences because it doesn't think we need them to survive. You can think of it as a large filing cabinet in your brain. All these negative experiences get filed so that we can be safe. And positive experiences or compliments, those little moments where we feel good, we don't pay attention to them. Then those things are like two eggs on a Teflon pan and they just slide right off. So in order to give them what I call stickability, the important thing that we can do for ourselves is actually marinate on the things that feel good, the things that feel good in our lives. So let's say that you go outside and there's this gorgeous sunset to just take a moment, put your hand on your heart and actually marinate on that, marinate on those good feelings. I interviewed uh, several months ago, a guest, Dr. Jane Tornatore, and she said, when we hold something in consciousness for 18 seconds or more, it's what gives it that stick. So if we want to build up feelings of feeling good, we want to marinate. We want to take time to focus on the things that make us feel good. One of the ways that I've worked with clients in teaching them a way to start doing this and to start getting our brains to focus on what we want it to focus on is before you go to bed, get a stationary object. It could be a rock. It could be something special that has special meaning to you. You might have a little, I don't know, maybe even like a little guardian angel, little statue, whatever it is, whatever it is that you could actually place in your hand. And as you hold on to that, you think to yourself, what was the best thing that happened today? And once you think of that thing, really spend a few moments marinating on those good feelings. Rehearse it again in your mind, like you're playing the movie of what you saw. It's interesting that we can actually spend the last five minutes of our day doing something as simplistic as this. And then our minds literally, if we continue to practice this, 21 to 30 days later, you'll notice that your mind is actually searching for those good things to pay attention to during the day. It's one of the wonderful ways that we can start changing what that natural negativity bias focuses on. So 
what is it that affects our mental health negatively? I think one of the things is when we're not practicing self-care, when we're just allowing these experiences or we're tuning in to all the news and all the scary things that are going on in our world, it really can start to affect our well-being. Now, this doesn't mean that we need to be ostriches with our head in the sand or experience life through rose-colored glasses. I think what it really means is that we don't focus on the things that are fearful to us. And Lord knows if you're listening to the news first thing in the morning or last thing before you go to bed, you're going to be feeling a lot of fear. So I would encourage you, if you want to improve mental health, not to focus on those kind of things. You can catch up on the news in the middle of the day. That's fine. But we are most susceptible to negative input first thing in the morning and last thing at night as we're going into theta brainwave state. That's when our brains are most susceptible to input. So we know news can affect our mental health. We also know that if we're isolating ourselves, if we're not in community, if we're not talking to other people about our feelings and we're just shoving them down, it's going to directly affect our mental health and our well-being. We can talk about this actually as in what affects our mental health and what enhances it. We know that expanding our mental health and our well-being, there's specific things that are researched that really will make the difference. And again, they're simplistic. We make these things so difficult. They don't need to be. We literally can change our well-being by doing a few things. One of the things that I think can be most helpful is how you start your day and really priming heart, mind, body, soul first thing in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, one of the things that you can do is take 10 minutes and journal anything that comes to your mind. It might be dreams. It might be just thoughts that are filling your head. You might even just journal. I don't know what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> There's nothing coming to my mind and that's okay too. But just putting pen to paper, Julia Cameron uh, wrote the book, The Artist's Way, decades ago. And she had a practice called morning pages that were exactly this, helping people with writer's block, where you wake up in the morning and write the first thing that comes to your mind. The other thing that's so great about journaling is that you don't just have to do it first thing in the morning. You can do it last thing before you go to bed. You can do it during the day. But it's a beautiful way for you to get your thoughts out of your head and onto paper, and a wonderful way to stop that negative chatter. You may have noticed that when you have that negative chatter, you ruminate about a thought. That negative thought might go over and over and over in your mind again without really a way of solving the problem. It's like you're not getting to the answer. I think it might have been Einstein that said, you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that got you into it. Now, that might be a terrible paraphrase, but basically what he's saying is that if you're caught in that loop of negative thinking, you're not going to solve that problem. So it's important that you do something to stop the chatter. There's a great book actually called Chatter by Ethan Cross, K-R-O-S-S, that speaks directly to this. And he says, you know, and again, just an extremely researched book. And one of the techniques to stop chatter that is well-researched is journaling your feelings, journaling what's going on in your mind and getting rid of that chatter. 
get it onto your page and out of your brain. We know other things that influence our well-being and mental health is exercise. And exercise, again, great thing to do in the morning. It could be 20 minutes. This morning, my husband and I went out and walked around this gorgeous lake here in Fort Collins. And just to see all the leaves changing and the gorgeous, oh my gosh, the reflection of those trees on the water and just seeing the ducks on the lake, it just did my heart, mind, body, and soul so much good. So we know if we just get out there and move around our bodies a little bit, you could do yoga, you could do Tai Chi. It doesn't have to be anything, again, like high intensity. We just need to move our bodies around. And really that leads to the other one, time in nature. Our well-being is affected by the time that we spend in nature. And I've had people talk to me about this that live in big cities and they're like, I live in the middle of Boston. How am I going to have nature? Well, the sky is always available to us. And it can be as simple as taking off your shoes and putting your feet in the grass in your backyard and just looking up at the sky. The sky is always changing. So if you want to get in touch with nature, go outside and look up. It's as simple as that. And we know from research as well that nature absor absorbs negative ions. Literally, you will notice you feel better because you actually do <laughs> when you spend time in nature. And so getting a little dose of that every day, even if you sat on your porch, a lot of times I love to sit on my back porch. I've got this awesome one of those egg swings that I got, actually Morgan and I got for our wedding this summer. But I love sitting there in the morning and journaling there and having my first cup of coffee with the sun on my face. And just hearing the birds, it's a beautiful way to nurture your own heart and soul. So thinking about that, and then like we just did when we were just talking about one of the ways to resource yourself, breath work is a great thing to do around well-being. Oftentimes when we're stressed, we don't even realize we're holding our breath. If we're not holding our breath, we're definitely breathing in a very shallow manner. And so when we're doing that, it's, it's our blood vessels are constricted. We're not getting blood flow and our brain and body is not getting oxygenated in the way that it needs. So doing some simple breath work can really help to shift our well-being. I love to encourage clients to put an alarm on their phone. So once an hour, they are stopping and taking a break and just Taking Even if it's three deep breaths, that's wonderful. That's going to help shift your well-being. One of the breath techniques that I love, though, is if you have one of those pauses to close your eyes and to imagine that you are taking a breath and you're pulling it up through the bottom of your feet. So you're breathing in through your nose and you're taking a deep breath all the way up through the bottom of your feet, all the way to the top of your head, and then holding for a moment, and then breathing all the way out, all the way down, like you're pushing it out through the bottom of your feet. And again, do one more with me. Breathing in all the way up through the bottom of your feet, going up, 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 
and then holding at the top of your head for a moment. And then pushing down, pushing out through the bottom of your feet. And just doing this a few times during the day is going to shift your energy during the day. It's really a wonderful way to nurture yourself and to do some great self-care. Again, taking care of ourselves and increasing our mental health can be really simplistic. It's just that we have to do it. (laughs) And I'm guilty of this too. I get so busy. Sometimes I forget to do all the things that I know will feed and nurture my soul. And these things are essential, especially when we're feeling the tension in our world right now with all of the conflicts and the wars that are going on. I think it's really important that we resource ourselves because then we're better to resource others. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Other things we can do to increase our mental health are meditation. And again, this doesn't have to be a big meditation process. We don't have to go sit on top of the mountain and sit cross-legged. We can do a walking meditation through nature. We can do a 10-minute sit where what you do is focus. I love this to focus on the energy centers of our body. Like in yoga, they talk about our chakras. So you can go through these different energy centers through your body, starting at your perineum and then lower belly, upper belly, your heart, your throat, your third eye, the place in between your eyebrows, and then your connection to the divine just breathing into those places. And you could just do that over and over again as an exercise and set a 10 minute timer, do it for 10 minutes. It gets us out of our busy, busy monkey minds and into a different space. And it's amazing how many times for me in meditation, I've received download that has literally changed my life. An idea or something has come to me you know, one time after, of course, this has been years ago now, maybe four years ago after a meditation is when I got the idea to do my film, uh, When Sparks Ignite. And I had never done a film. I'd never thought of doing a film. At the time when this happened, I had just gone through, gosh, I guess this has been six years ago now. I had gone through a divorce and I probably had 67 cents in my savings account. And to get that download, like, oh, 
because of your podcast, you know, some of the most serving minds or serving hearts, excuse me, and brilliant minds on the planet. You need to bring these people together and do this amazing event. I had no idea how that would happen. And yet everything came together serendipitously because I listened to that download. I listened to the idea that came through, didn't come through a busy mind. It came through after a meditation, after I'd quieted my mind, my body, and my soul. So I think that's such an amazing way, again, to just expand your mental health and well-being. We know eating nutritious food, not eating sugar, watching the foods that cause inflammation, gluten, dairy, those are so important for our well-being. We know there is a gut brain connection. And I say gut heart brain connection because it affects how we think and it affects our well-being. It affects our emotions. Another way that we know is very important is connection. So when we went through the pandemic, so many people started seeing therapists, started seeing online therapists because we were lacking in connection. So I always say, if you text someone, that's great. If you can call them on the phone, better. FaceTime, even better. Zoom, great. But if you can see them in person, that is essential. The more that we can connect to the people that we love, the people that are our good friends, even just being in your community, if you feel like, I don't know people where I live right now, maybe you just moved to a new community get out and start talking to the people that serve you your coffee at your local coffee shop. Look around and see what meetups are available. Perhaps there's a meditation group or a yoga group or something where you can start making contact and community. And we all have different needs for connection. And it's really looking inside yourself and saying, what would best serve me? In connection today. And that's one of the things I've talked oftentimes to people. And if you go to my website, you can get the free download. There's a free PDF on the three C's to start your morning. And the three C's being three questions, actually. How do I take care of myself today? How do I connect today? And how can I be creative today? So how we take care of ourselves is going to be different every morning. Like I said this morning for my husband and I, it was taking a walk around the lake and being in that gorgeous nature. I think a lot of times in the morning, you can think, what do I need most? Some days I need that journal time out on the back porch in the sunlight. Sometimes I just need to sit and do a meditation right when I wake up. So it's tapping into the day for that self-care. And the connect, like we've just been talking about, it's like, how do I need to connect today? So it's taking your own pulse. It's like taking your temperature in the morning. What do I need for connection today? And it might just be a phone call. Maybe it's connecting with an old friend. Maybe it's calling that relative you haven't talked to in a while. It's whatever your heart needs that best serves it. We know how important that is. And the third C being creativity. How can I be creative today? And that's really about getting in a flow state. It doesn't mean you have to start 
becoming an artist or writing a book. What it means is you want to be creative in the way that you're doing things. And this could be as simple as brushing your teeth with your left hand, which carves new neural pathways and improves our neuroplasticity. It could be taking a new direction to work, or it could be something really fun. Like for me, I love making Spotify song lists. So I might write a list of these are 10 songs that bring me joy. Or these are 10 songs that are my new favorite love songs. Maybe it's songs that just really inspire me and just make my heart feel. That is a creative process. And then you can listen to that and be doing something creative as well. So tapping into flow, so essential. So this connection, care, all these different things, great ways of starting the day. And you know, one of the things I'm thinking as I'm going to talk to the Rotary Club is a huge thing for them is around service. And I can remember being a high school kid and, you know, having that teenage angst. And my mom would say, you know, if you want to feel better, go do something for somebody else. And man, she was right. You know, as a teenager, um, when I was in high school, I went and I would read to people at this eventide nursing home to individuals who were blind and could no longer read. And that just filled me with such a great sense of joy and contribution. One of the ways that we really do improve our mental health and well-being is to help other people out. And it can be as simple as just those random acts of kindness, being friendly to other people. You know, we serve people by how we show up in the world. And that's one of the essential messages, I think, through all of my mediums, whether it's my film, my films, excuse me, whether it's my books, this podcast, it's all around the message that your healing matters. Your healing truly does matter because the expanding mental health in our communities starts with expanding mental health in ourselves. So it's your well-being. How do you take care of yourself today? How do you enhance your sense of well-being? It's so essential. As we're more full, we become clearer conduits for that love and healing and joy to come through to others. So we really can help share love, share joy, and, and help other people by reflecting that to them you know, we're showing them that they too can have the potential to be in a better place. I, you know, here's something interesting. I was just thinking last night I went to Whole Foods, probably it's like 7.30 or something. I pull in the parking place and I get out. And as I get out, I notice, ah, the rear of my car is kind of poked into the other lane. And so I get back in my car and I move it back into the parking slot a little better, <laughs> quite a bit better. And it was interesting. There was a woman that was outside of her car, a couple cars away. And she stopped me and she said, Hey, she's like, you're a really good person. She goes, that was so kind of you to do that. And I was like, so taken back by that. Like, wow, that's the simplest act of kindness. And she said, you know, it really does affect other people. And that's true. So again, you're remembering how we show up in the world, how we show up in the world really does affect other people. So the last thing 
with mental health and well-being that I want to share for today. And we've known this forever. You know, I feel like Marty Seligman, when he came into view, I guess, into, into the bigger realm in 1999, when he became the president of the American uh, Psychiatric Association, he brought into vogue what's called positive psychology. And it was where we stopped focusing on the negative things, if you will, like instead of just thinking of these are the things that are the symptoms of anxiety or these are the symptoms of depression. He said, we need to start looking at what are the things that make someone resilient. We need to look at what makes someone courageous, what gives someone confidence. We need to focus on what are these characteristics and how do we enhance those? Marty still is a professor at Penn State. I've had the joy of hearing him speak. I've read several of his books. You know, one of the things that has always stood out to me is the research that he did around gratitude. And we know gratitude can be such a huge shifter in our lives. He spoke about these things called joy boosters. And he said the two biggest things of raising your joy in his research at the time. The first one was to write down every day three things that you're grateful for. That's it. Just write it down. We were talking about that journaling earlier. And I would add, marinate on those good feelings, those things that bring you gratitude for 18 seconds to 30 seconds, really let them stick. But when, we, when you write down those things every day, he said, you improve your baseline of happiness. You raise your baseline of joy significantly. And over a five-year longitudinal study, those are the people that continue to feel good. What was interesting is what was like a huge hit, like the biggest joy booster was actually writing someone that you feel like you owe a debt of gratitude to. Now, I don't like that term, owe a debt, because it's not that we owe someone, but someone we'd really like to express our gratitude towards and writing them a letter of gratitude. But here's the kick. You go and you read it to them in person, if possible. And maybe you could read it over Zoom. But I love this idea of showing this gratitude and reading it. It's got such an emotional impact, such an emotional oh my gosh, just a hit to you and the other person. And he said this gave people such a huge spike in joy and well-being that lasted about three months. So really awesome research from Marty. I love that. I love the whole gratitude piece. And think of it for yourself. If you were to think of someone you love and just hold them in awareness for one minute, just one minute, put a one minute timer on your phone and think of yourself laughing with that person and sharing just a joyful or loving moment, that is going to affect your well-being. We have these minds that are also wired that whatever we hold up in our mind in this present moment, our mind thinks is happening now. That's why we can ruminate the, about the past or we feel bad about the past and we'll start feeling terrible now. It's not happening now, but we start experiencing it. Our body, because we're holding up that image, starts releasing the same chemicals that were happening during the incident. 
The same thing is true if we are worrying about the future, if we're catastrophizing or playing the what if game. What we're really doing is we're creating a sense of dis-ease in the present moment. None of those things are happening now. We have no control over them, and yet we're feeling miserable in the moment. So the beautiful thing about the way that this technique works is we can bring ourselves fully to the moment, and then we get to choose. We get to choose what we focus on. And if we want to choose to focus on well-being, our well-beingness, that's what we can do hold up someone that we dearly love, or you might hold up a special memory and just let yourself marinate on that memory. Think of it. Use all your senses, what you could see, hear, smell, taste, touch, you know, move into your heart center. What were you feeling in that moment? These are the things that can help bring a sense of well-being to this moment. And so the practice of mental health is really It's a moment by moment, day by day exercise. And as I said in the beginning, you know, we all have the ability to go up and down this continuum. And so it's important to know it's okay if you notice yourself on the low end of the continuum one day, like I'm just not doing very well. I'm feeling pretty stressed or I'm not coping in a way that I would like to do the things that we've talked about, you know, reach out. And if you need more support, contact a therapist. There's online therapists, there's people there to help you. Lord knows, you know, the stigma on doing therapy is less and less and less. Thank goodness for that, because we all need support sometimes. So when you find or if you find yourself in those places, doing the things that we talked about, a a morning practice, an evening practice before you go to bed. And the things in between, journaling, exercise, time in nature, breath work, meditation, eating nutritional food, connecting, serving others, having gratitude, all of those things are going to help you on that continuum so that you continue to move towards well-being. And your well-being is so essential. It's so important in this world. Each one of us and you are an important thread. You're a golden thread in this tapestry of humanity. So let's all do our part in taking care of ourselves, and then we can better take care of each other and better take care of this world. Thanks so much for joining me. This has been Stephanie James, sending out lots of love and a big hug to you all. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on The Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, Don't take your dreams lying down.